0: to this very special Amazing Race Canada 6 preview episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me for his 170th episode is the Canadian who likes to call himself Daddy in other languages, Logan Saunders. <laughs> Afternoon, and did you say this is a
1: special podcast, Michael? Because I don't know if special is the word I, that uh, I would use for this.
0: Special is how I describe every podcast that is a one-off. <laughs> given this is never happening again. Spoilers for the end of this podcast.
1: You're like the Michael Bluth of this podcast, where you've threatened to quit podcasting about, uh, about Amazing Race Canada at the end of Season 4, at the end of Season 5, and now this, this, this is more like a curtain call, I guess. This is that final cast assessment. For those of you who don't know, no, we are not covering every episode of Amazing Race Canada 6 this year. The streak's going to be over. Michael and I have podcasted every episode since Season 2, and I did every episode solo ever since the very beginning of Season 1 with my preseason cast assessment, so my Mega Streak is coming to an end as well.
0: I have not missed an Amazing Race episode since Amazing Race 27, Episode 3. I have missed about five in total since Season 23. We're not doing this season. And you know as well as I do, the reason I did Amazing Race Canada 5 is because you were badgering me. You didn't shut up.
1: It wasn't just me. We met up with Mark Doyle in Ireland last year, and he was visibly disappointed when we told him that we weren't going to be doing Amazing Race Canada, and Kurt Repchill wanted us to do Amazing Race Canada 5, and I'm pretty much certain Wayne Arthurson wanted us to do it, and Mark Carroll, so... yeah. Season 5 was really the entrance into this extremely dark age, or as you call it, Michael, the Tark Age of Amazing Race Canada.
0: Yeah, the differences with this season is Logan looked at those bios last week, went, Actually, these could be good for material. I know we're not during the season, and I'm not going to actually badger you this year but these could be good to do some material. So we're going to do the usual cast preview. Then I'm going to make an announcement at the end of what we're actually doing instead of Amazing Race Canada, which is the only reason we're doing this preview, is so that I can actually make a big-ass announcement at the end of this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's more like it's going to be like a 40-minute drum
0: roll until we get to the end. And the the great thing is that I can say you looked at the bios last week, but actually this podcast, we're recording this on Tuesday the 19th, isn't going to get released for another week, so we can say what we want for now. Hmm, recording podcasts in advance, that sounds, um...
1: That's a novel idea.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I want to begin by just pointing out the reputation that we have with Amazing Race Canada Previews, because we're quite notorious in the fan community generally. Sucks apparently hate us.
1: They don't, isn't it just one person saying that they hate us?
0: It sounds like the sort of thing that people would say, but... you know, apparently there are groups of people who hate us. We're quite notorious with Amazing Race Canada reviews of being a little bit, um, how can I put this? Blunt. <laughs> and in our little between Belgian Mole and this one Amazing Race Canada episode hiatus, I've been listening to a podcast um, called Effie Very Much, which is about rudeness. And weirdly, I got a phone call at work today saying that basically I have a reputation for being a little bit of um, a stickler for rules and a little bit rude to people. I think I'm a lovely person. With that being said, looking briefly through these 10 teams as I did last night, I hate a lot of them. (laughs) I was not expecting that turn at the end. This is all genuinely 100% true, and I was walking back to work this afternoon and thought, I can actually make a joke out of this, but I've genuinely been uh, very interested in F.E. very much, the podcast about rudeness, and it, I, I love the guy who hosts it anyway, but yeah, apparently I'm a little bit rude, and sadly for the Amazing Race Canada teams this year, that's not going to change, because there's, I'd say, one team I love, one team who I'm going to love to hate if I actually bother watching this season, and some teams who I'm indifferent towards, and then about half of them I hate.
1: What's interesting... Well, actually, it's not interesting. I, I take that back. Most things you say aren't. <laughs> Uh, Like, season two was great. Season three just had a terrible ending. Season four had great characters. And then season five, it's like we took a huge step backwards for the series. And just all the ongoing kinks and bugs within Amazing Race Canada are just refusing to be fixed. And the problems that already exist are being championed by production. So then we get season five. That was just, I think, in my opinion, was probably one of the most frustrating experiences ever as a as a competitive reality TV viewer that I've ever had. As somebody who had to commit, who committed to watching and covering a season and being like, "Wow, I just watched a whole season of Amazing Race Canada where absolutely nothing happens that is worth noting, and the one thing that did happen is something I want to forget."
0: I will say that I don't necessarily hate Amazing Race Canada 5. It's just, it's so frustrating for me knowing that production have zero interest in actually making it interesting anymore. And I'm going to preface this entire preview. I know we've been recording for like 10 minutes already, but I'm going to preface this entire preview by saying I have zero issue with John Montgomery. Monty is amazing. And I'm saying that purely because you're probably going to be meeting him in October and it could get really awkward if if I start slagging him off. But he knows we love him. I have a problem with the laziness of production, because production are stupidly lazy on Amazing Race Canada. Whether you want to admit it or not, they're really, really lazy. They rest on their laurels constantly. And that manifests itself in 8 domestic likes, and only 3 international ones last year. The countries weren't even that interesting. We had, yet again, another one that's sort of Central America-ish. We had, yet again... Another Asian country, and arguably that was because of the sponsorship.
1: It was a repeat, repeat Asian country. They went to China again. Yeah. Even but, though we've only gone to, what, eight countries total in Mason Race Canada so far? Or no, is it seven?
0: Yeah, it, it just stinks of laziness when they stick to a formula of having two legs in Asian countries and then one in in a Central American country and... I'm not hinting at all about where they're going this year, but let's just say they're resting on their laurels.
1: Yeah, and what's insane is that the bar was set so low with season five, and now this season, heading to preseason, all the stuff we've heard with production, we've somehow managed to take an even further step down from that. And that's a season full of Kevin and Ryan.
0: I don't even think the casting was necessarily that bad for season five. It was sort of alright, it was lesser versions of previous characters on the whole but then you have production focusing constantly on kevin and ryan and i'm not going to outright say this but trying to rig the season for them with the triple express pass just randomly appearing in their lap and with for example johnny mustard appearing in ottawa yes i mean it stinks of laziness for me And it's really, really frustrating. As someone who loved Amazing Race Canada, and I'm deliberately using the past tense there because I don't love Amazing Race Canada anymore. I love what it was in Season 2. I love a lot of the characters of Season 3. I love a lot of the characters of Season 4. I don't love what Amazing Race Canada has become.
1: I agree 110%, as the cheerleaders uh, would say.
0: I know I got a little bit of backlash for saying I don't want to cover Amazing Race Canada anymore 18 months ago. But this is the sort of reason why, because I'm very good with suspecting whether it's worth continuing with the show. And I had an instinct that Amazing Race Canada 5 wouldn't be great. It wasn't great. I had an even bigger instinct as soon as they started wanting to cast heroes, quote-unquote, for this season, that it would be even worse.
1: Yeah, we even said that yeah in our Amazing Race Canada 5 preview, That's like, eh, not gonna be that good, based on everything that we saw. In terms of just what they were trying to hype up, hype, hyping up Kevin and Ryan as your biggest characters going into a season, and none of the team is really interacting with each other on the race course, and then John Montgomery, and Mike Bickerton being fairly inactive on social media during the whole airing, you know that's a that's a pretty big telling sign that production didn't really get to do what they wanted to do because CTV told them to cast millennials for
0: it. Bickerton staying silent is very interesting because the one time he pops his head above the parapet. He was quite sarcastic about us. Yeah, it was just the once last season, I guess. Mm. He posted a particularly sassy message, shall we say, hinting at the fact that he may have listened to some of the previews that people have been doing and thought they had interesting opinions. In other words, you guys, F you.
1: Well, last season, it wasn't just us that that railed on Amazing Race Canada 5. Gordon Wayne absolutely hated it and, well... Gordon and Wayne rarely expressed hatred for anything, and then Kurt and Shelley had their recurring podcast week to week. And now Kurt's wife Shelley refuses to even think about Amazing Race Canada anymore. No one liked last season except for like the diehard. Like, what? Well, Kurt and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago that right now, Amazing Race Canada, especially season five. It's like they're editing and trying to make the product as a whole geared towards third and fourth grade social studies students, trying to make it super family-friendly. Like, we even had a task at an elementary school last year for crying out loud and other tasks where children were on the sidelines cheering them on. And it's just being designed for the third grade social studies classroom, so which is not what Amazing Race is really about as a whole. And then, of course, the whole patriotic we're better than all the other countries in the world uh, narrative. And the thing with this season, with this Heroes casting, is that the teams that are cast, are it's pretty much identical to the cluster of teams that we see in, other se- in any other season of Amazing Race Canada. It's the whole Make Canada Proud theme. We have a bunch of um, law enforcement teams again. We have athletes again. You could have just gone to season three or four and said, hey, this is hero season, and could have found justification for all those teams being called heroes, because their professions are so similar to the teams that are cast for this one.
0: It's just really frustrating for me. Just, it feels like we're in Groundhog Day having to constantly talk about how Amazing Race Canada needs to wise up. And this is the ultimatum we're making. This is the last Amazing Race Canada podcast. Or, oh, the last Amazing Race Canada regular podcast we're doing.
1: And... You saw the starting line, live starting line thing they did, right? I was away in South America. I was traveling internationally while they did the live uh, starting line, and you and a few other people were messaging me saying, oh, Logan, you're going to love the starting line footage once you see it. And my God, Devin Soltendeik, I never want to hear you talk about Amazing Race Canada again. Dear Jesus. There was
0: so much to unpack from that, because Logan was... I think you were in Argentina at the time. Yeah. Um, I just so happened to be lucky enough to get to watch it on Facebook Live. So I thought, "Oh, this could be very interesting. Because knowing that you kind of wanted to do the season, I thought, ugh, I suppose I'll have to watch the, the live start line. And this was part of a new strategy that they've done of doing the live starts like America does. And, you know, getting it sponsored. Whoop. John on the Road and all that sort of stuff. And I watched it for about 10 minutes or whatever it was on it. They told us... Nothing. The biggest takeaway that I had from that video was that Devin Soltendeik has had far too much plastic surgery.
1: <laughs> was, he, was he happy? Was he angry? Was he tired? Was he frustrated? You can't tell because of all the Botox.
0: He looked plastic. He didn't look real. I know you don't like him, so I'm, I'm not just saying this because you don't like him, but he looked like a Doctor Who enemy. He looked like he had far too much makeup on.
1: And I think he was drunk, too, because he couldn't recite basic information about Amazing Race Canada history. He only recited, like, two facts, and one of them he got blatantly wrong. He said that the Voldemort Cellinis, a.k.a. Gino and Jesse, a.k.a. probably the worst team ever to run Amazing Race Canada, he said that they, he's like they were so dominant that they never finished below 5th or 6th the whole season. Uh, did, did you see the International League, Sultan D? Because when it was a real amazing race, all didn't do so well. They are crashed and they burned. Yeah, the only reason they didn't go home is because Susan and Sharjit were still a team. That is the only reason they didn't
0: go home and forever traumatized us all. And the best thing about the start line for me is the fact that not only did they tell us nothing, they deliberately hid who was on the season, purely to stop RFF finding out who was on the season. But also, it served no purpose. No one cares about seeing John say go and the build-up to it. Absolutely no one. Everyone just wants to see them read out their clue to find out where they're going first and who the teams are. Nothing else.
1: Yeah, it's all that's that's what the starting line live starting line is for, or the public starting line, because everyone's eager just to see the teams take off and find out where they're going first. Maybe a few photo ops. This was a private. There was no fans allowed to attend this event. B. You didn't even get to find out where they were going, and C. You didn't even get to know the people that were there because they had their backs to the camera.
0: It's an utter microcosm of Amazing Race Canada as a whole. Is the fact that they took a good idea and they decided to completely and utterly bugger it up.
1: And what was the thing that Monty said that was pretty much his way of saying, remember to be heroes this whole time and don't do anything controversial? Because Kurt told me me that Monty's uh, usual starting line uh, quotes, like make Canada proud, which already hints at, oh, remember to be super patriotic while traveling. Um, There's another one that said, oh, remember to be heroic or something like that. In other words, be as uninteresting as you possibly can because... This season's objective, in the eyes of CTV, is meant to just, I don't know, try and un- inspire seven and eight-year-olds
0: who are watching at home. But what I don't understand is, we know from the John on the Road videos, and this is the only like, location spoilers I'm going to say about, is basically what CTV have confirmed, the usual Amazing Race fans rule. We know from that that there is a U-turn board in about, leg seven. What is the point of having a U-turn board there if nobody's going to use it? It's an utterly wasted twist.
1: I think because the teams are hero-slash-competitive, they will use the U-turn. It'll just be in a very bland and formulaic way. It'll be like, oh, that team is competitive. Like, take Season 3, for example. Teams were only willing to U-turn like the physically strong uh, teams. Nobody really wanted to U-turn anybody who was just downright weak. They, they wanted to practice good sportsmanship with how they utilized the U-turn.
0: It just frustrates me. Did you read the press release, by the way?
1: I skipped, like, uh, the one on the Bell Media website?
0: Yeah, there's some good information in there, shall we say.
1: Was there any information in there? It
0: was pretty bad for a normal press release, but the uh, the sponsors intrigued me, because we start off with, like, Chevy as always and Woods for the second season, and then you move on to the the slightly more interesting ones.
1: Oh, skip the dishes from Big Brother Canada, they're in on this
0: too. Skip the dishes in there. But the ones that intrigued me were the fact that teams can win contact lenses, bread, and weirdly the Royal Canadian Legion are sponsoring the season.
1: Ooh, this is gonna be a rough one. Yeah.
0: The Royal Canadian Legion was the one that interested me the most, shall we say, given that, oh my god, we're gonna get a leg themed around war heroes, aren't we?
1: Yeah, remember in the first season when they had that really creepy RCMP chief guy? Wonder if the this one will be as creepy.
0: We'll have to see. But also the, the John on the Road stuff confirmed that we are finally getting our final provisional and territorial capital in Fredericton. And they also confirmed two countries through that, which was wonderful Indonesia and Mexico.
1: Yes, they did, yeah. Th- these aren't spoilers, this is stuff put out by CTV.
0: And the one final note before we get into the teams that I have is that this website is dreadful.
1: There was a lot of glitches. They did editing after they posted the bios. The content, for those of you who don't use the Mason Race Canada website heading into the start of a season, for the past, what, three or four seasons, Michael, you get the regular bios, then you get this whole chart of fun facts on a separate page, you get a full video interview, plus interviews of what they packed in their bags, plus uh a a really short uh, Chevrolet clip, and this is all out usually two weeks or more before the start of the season. I don't know if they're still going to put some stuff out, but it's getting awfully close
0: to the start date. Bearing in mind we're recording this two weeks before the start of the season.
1: Yes, so I don't know if they're going to put more out, but it's never been this bare bones two weeks out from the premiere. All we have is a really short bio for each team, just a one-minute video, and then... Within the bio, they have the question and answers. These aren't even the fun facts. The fun facts are separate. They have, like, five question-answer things that are all just one- or two-word answers, and then they did an interview with CTV that was just cut into five, or three uh, five-minute segments for all ten teams, and that's been it.
0: Do you remember before Amazing Race Age of Five when we were worried that we couldn't do a preview because the questions were so brief? These are briefer.
1: yes. The questions are briefer, and the answers are shorter.
0: Yeah, there's five questions for each team, and one of them is, what is your nickname? With the exception of one team, where it's, how did you come up with your nicknames? (laughs) Not only do we have no hometowns, no provinces, and no ages on any of the team bios, but the team's page doesn't work on the website. The video's page doesn't work on the website. To the point where I had to go back to the Amazing Race Canada Facebook page last night, which I've unliked now to try and go through their links to get all the team bios. (laughs) The website is horrifically broken.
1: I got to use it today and was able to access the videos, but some of the bios, when you click see more, it doesn't show the rest of the see more.
0: (laughs) It's so badly designed.
1: This is definitely the sloppiest preseason I have ever seen.
0: Yeah. Like, I know we're trying desperately to not appear to be rude and rag on the season, but, if you don't want us to rag on the season, you do actually need to put some effort in to so anything.
1: And on the Bell Media page is where they snuck all of the ages and the uh, hometowns of the contestants. It's not, it's not in the bio, so you have to get to the Bell Media press release, and then they show you the age and uh, hometown of each contestant. Which is ridiculous. And about that, like we always make fun of the fans and say, oh, why didn't you represent every province and territory? And then you have to do the whole proportional representation be like well the Yukon only has like one one thousandth of the population of Canada so good luck uh, having a team from Yukon in quite some time but we still get a general like couple pro- teams from BC maybe like three or four teams from Ontario because they're so heavily populated one or two teams from Quebec, a team from the Maritimes, a couple of teams from the prairies and that's your cast here we have BC Alberta, Ontario, and that is it. Apparently, the Quebecois aren't heroes in Canada, which is probably an opinion that a lot of people hold, but still, that's just rude.
0: They've removed the one reason that I ever watch Amazing Race Canada, which is the crazy Quebecois teams.
1: I know I said the same thing. It's like, you're just taking away one more reason to watch, and I'm sure that the, the superfans in Quebec are going to be pissed that they have no representatives, as if they already don't feel like the minority enough in our country.
0: It's just so disappointing. That's how I can sum up this season so far. It's just so disappointing. And it's the
1: youngest cast out of any season. There is nobody
0: over the age of 49 in this whole cast. The average age is 31.5. Which, bearing in mind that we've just come off a season of B- *Belgium Mall where the average age was 37.7, is a big old drop.
1: Yeah, it's almost Survivor Ghost Island numbers.
0: And the one final thing that I have to say is that Probably after we finish doing what we're doing in place of Amazing Race Canada, we are going to be doing podcast number 250, which we do have plans for. Assuming everything lines up, it will be the podcast game night. I've mentioned it a few times in previous sort of six months or so. We're doing a podcast game night. It's going to be live on YouTube for everyone to watch and take part in and all that sort of stuff. If you're not selected as a panelist, you will be able to play as part of the audience. Super excited. Already done all the planning for it. I'm really, really excited for what's going to happen with it. Yay! You obviously are invited to this. I will give you the first point of the podcast game night if you can answer the following trivia question about Amazing Race Canada. When I googled Amazing Race Canada contestants earlier, three people's names came up. You know how Google likes to show the cast of a show. Three people's names came up. Who are the three names? Oh man, I'm gonna Google this myself. Don't Google it, you cheating little bastard. I have
1: to. I have to guess. Yeah, you gotta okay. guess.
0: I can't just let you Google it to win a coveted point.
1: Okay, the Volda Mussolini's are two of the three.
0: Right, here's the third.
1: Am I allowed any hints or no? All three are from the same season. Okay, so the third one from
0: Masonry's three.
1: Elias Theodora?
0: I didn't confirm who whether you were right with the Voldemussolinis, no.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. I'll go Elias anyway.
0: Are you going Elias and the Mussolini's? Yep. You're completely wrong. <laughs> it was Mickey and Pete, and the third person was um Michelle Forger. But it gets better because it's not the correct Michelle Forger. <laughs> It's <laughs> a different one. This
1: is the one that's written to sue production for millions of dollars with his, with his kayak hockey
0: game. It's an old Quebecois actor, apparently, who has the same name of Michel Forger.
1: i <laughs> I'm googling it right now and you're totally right.
0: <laughs> I am screen capping this. This is hilarious. I had to bring that to your attention before we properly start, because it made <laughs> me chuckle before we started recording.
1: Oh my god, I I swear that, because I know Mike Bickerton hates Pierre and Michelle, that maybe he said that himself intentionally, so that when Michelle Forget, proud Quebec
0: Olympian Googles his own name, it's not even him that comes up. And what a way to start before we have to talk about these teams. I'm going to rip off the, the plaster straight away, and we're going to talk about Mark and Corey.
1: You mean Happy and Chewy, also known as Brian and Cynthia's favourite team?
0: No, I, I mean Mark and Corey, because I refuse to acknowledge stupid nicknames.
1: Yeah, but yeah, Brian and Cynthia from season three, uh, maybe if they get into a confrontation with Corinne and Mark in an all-star season, they can be like, oh, punch it, Chewie, and then they just get into a fist fistfight with, uh, with these guys.
0: And they are our oldest average team, and they're a team of retired Air Force pilots from Ontario. Shocker. They took Gordon Wayne's spot, I would assume. Despite the fact that Gordon Wayne are my personal heroes, I would assume so, yeah. And...
1: They're One of the guys, I can't remember which because I don't care, one of them said their desired lo- dream location is to go to Go Home Lake, Ontario. Why domestic
0: travel? Jesus Christ! That was Mark. And they met at Aviation College 25 years ago and spent over 40 years combined in the Air Force. And they flew with the Snowbirds, who of course were the stars of Amazing Race Canada 4. Yeah, I was about to say,
1: like, wasn't that a forgettable location in Amazing Race Canada? What, what, I don't even remember what happened in the episode with the snowbirds. Was that when Reed and Yvette got eliminated?
0: You no, know, Rita and Yvette were post-Cuba. Uh, it was the one where uh, Frankie and Amy used their Express Pass.
1: Oh, that, right, that was that stupid Kingston leg, right.
0: And in the first of many MH rule breaks, uh, Corey's hero is his late father.
1: A lot of them are going to
0: say they're parents. They're either their mom or their dad or their grandpa or their grandma. Going into this, if this is your first and last Amazing Race Canada preview with us, there are three rules that you never break on a preview. Number one, you don't say that your family are your heroes because you know them personally. That's not a hero. Number two, you don't say domestic locations for your dream destination because no one cares about domestic locations ever. And number three, you don't give me waffly answers and bullshit and boring and lazy answers. Those are the only three things that I ask for in these bios, because it drives me frigging insane if you give me a bad bio.
1: You know what amazes me about this is that we get almost nothing in the bio, but yet on the Bell Media page, we actually find something interesting in that one of them, again, I don't care which one it is, is currently living in Saudi Arabia. Retired Canadian living in Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah, and... Um... To be fair, if he's supporting Saudi Arabia in the World Cup, probably not going too well for him.
1: Yeah, maybe that's the reason why they lost all their hair.
0: Not that I'm at all following the World Cup. I'm only saying that because I know you started what uh, you were watching the first half of a match before we started recording this. But like, I don't care at all about football, as you well know. Couldn't care less that England won yesterday. I've been
1: well. To be fair, like I watched a little bit of World Cup four years ago, where I was where Eamon made me join in his fantasy pool, and I did really well. And this year. I've joined in this fancy pool again where I'm doing really well. But you know, over the past year I've had a I've been forced to pay a bit more attention to soccer than I normally would. And now I know I feel like I've known a lot more about the sport than I did 4 years ago.
0: And the great thing is we can make all these really topical jokes cuz they're going to be so out of date in a week's time when I release this.
1: <laughs> yeah, like what? So, Five nothing Russian Saudi Arabia? Oh man. And these guys do not seem that competitive or have things that would translate well to do well in the mason race canada so they say there's that there's no points for second and that you're either in or in the way so i'm gonna say that they're gonna finish in eighth and they'll get some points for eighth
0: we're gonna play a fun little game with all these bios which is everyone's favorite game recruit our applicant. do you think they re- they were recruited because i do Oh
1: yes, definitely. Uh, if, you're, if you're living in Saudi Arabia, I don't think you're sitting there thinking, Man, me and my buddy in Go Home Lake, Ontario need to submit an application video for Amazing Race Canada because I really want to leave Saudi Arabia and go
0: to Corner Brook, Newfoundland. Yeah, like, how did they record an application video together? Because I'm assuming if they were recruited, they still would have had to record the video. Like, would it have been over Skype?
1: I guess so, because one other team definitely had to record their application video over Skype, as we'll get to in a bit.
0: I love how we both know exactly which team you're referring to there, (laughs) and how they're still not going to get it the worst out of these teams. There is one team who I, if I was covering this season, who would be my punching bag, and I don't think you'll guess which one. And
1: I don't know why they call themselves snowbirds when we all know that me, at the tender age of 26, is the true snowbird. Because I hate winter, and yet they're choosing to race in Canada when it was still crappy and rainy weather
0: in a good chunk of the country. So yeah, two rule breaks for them. They suck. And of course
1: it's the mandatory, oh, they're military, therefore heroes bit continuing narrative since the first season of Amazing Race Canada.
0: Some of these hero designations are way more tenuous than others, and I would personally say that just doing your job doesn't make you a hero. I would say about two or three of the teams have earned the hero label. Yeah, anyone who sort of volunteers their time, me, a humanitarian. Yes, Jenna Louise. (laughs) They deserve to be heroes, but As my my wonderful mother so beautifully puts it, whenever anyone gets a peerage or anything for doing their job, it's just for doing their job. There's no other reason. They're not necessarily a hero for doing that.
1: Athletes are not heroes. People that are paid in the military are not heroes. Police officers, law enforcement, whatever, and random teachers aren't heroes.
0: And I'm sure this is going to get us a bit of a backlash for saying these things, but Personally, I don't see them as necessarily being heroic just for doing their job. If they do other stuff on the side, like volunteering their time, and making the world a better place through their own personal endeavours, yes, they are potentially heroes, but just because they're doing their job doesn't make them heroes.
1: Yeah, like, I actually participate in charity work, which is probably some more than what some of these teams have done. In fact, the team that got mocked the most online for being labeled as a hero, actually do something that's
0: relatively
1: more heroic than a good chunk of these teams.
0: So, onto a team I actually don't necessarily hate, which is uh, Joseph and Akash.
1: So, it's funny, in their CTV interview... I wish people would look at me the same way that Akash looked at Joseph during that whole CTV
0: segment on TV. I've not watched any of the videos, mainly because I lost the will to live with the website by that point.
1: Oh, I have to send you the screen cap right now then, because it's, it's saved, on, uh, saved on my computer. It is golden. It's like, oh, they like each other so much.
0: How sweet. So they are friends and volunteers, and I don't even know where they're from.
1: Ontario. Toronto, I believe. I figured either Toronto or Vancouver.
0: And they met in high school. And as a pair have um, visited over 20 countries together. And started 2 nonprofits. So they are actually potentially heroes.
1: Yeah, they did it from a, yeah, volunteering at a food bank during high school. I don't know too many people in high school that did that much uh, charity and volunteer work. However, do you know who aren't
0: heroes? They're family.
1: Yeah, they both. They both said their families. They broke one of the rules, didn't they? They did,
0: but they also avoided breaking another one of the rules when they actually advocated international travel.
1: Yeah, they've been to three times as many countries as five seasons of Amazing Race Canada,
0: which is a hilariously fun stat. It is
1: when you when you put it that way.
0: However, they do lose brownie points with me for associating themselves with scumbags.
1: Oh yes, oh they compared themselves to Kevin and
0: Ryan. Do you think they were told to compare themselves to Kevin and Ryan? Because I do. I certainly
1: hope that somebody put a gun to their head and said, somebody needs to reference Team Giver. In fact, I would assume that Team Giver used all of their winnings from season five, all the runner-up money, and just used that to, make, to pay off one of the teams to reference them uh, in the bio.
0: Do you know how much the runner-up money is?
1: A few, a few cans of mustard is, is, as far as I know.
0: I believe it was zero. <laughs> yes, it is zero. <laughs> I don't think they get anything other, unless they win.
1: Yeah, it's either all or nothing. You're either in. You're, you're either in with the prize money or you're on your way
0: without. Do you think they applied?
1: Yes, this team definitely applied because Joseph in the CTV video said that he's been a super fan and has been watching since he was eight years old, and that they watched every single episode and broke down every single episode as to what they would or wouldn't do.
0: I can't remember who it is who said that they watched every single episode in preparation for Amazing Race US.
1: I don't know, probably Dennis
0: and, uh, Isabel? Yeah, it sounds like a Dennis and Isabel thing, doesn't it? So how do you think they're going to end up?
1: Uh, I think they'll be about middle of the pack. I predict, uh, sixth place with them.
0: I don't hate them as much as I hate Corey and Mark, at least. Which is all I can ask for. However, a team who I think I might end up hating is Taylor and Courtney.
1: Oh, <laughs> Tortney. That's their team nickname is Tortney. Is what they said on TV. No, it isn't. Oh, we got a better one?
0: No, we're just not letting them at all at all decide what they're going to be called. We have to come up with an offensive nickname of our own.
1: That's right. The, yeah.
0: So they are a brother and sister pair and mounties from BC because of course they were going to be RCMP people.
1: Yeah. They're not the Oh, I put I put their names as Adam and Taylor. <laughs> It was conveying. There's a Courtney and Adam and a Courtney and Taylor. Do you know how the hell uh, confusing that is?
0: You were thinking of my favourite team of the season, Adam and Courtney. Yes. They say in their bio that they want to inspire their community. Boring.
1: I just want to backtrack because of how boring Courtney and Taylor are, but Joseph and Akash, during their CTV interview, they dabbed. They pulled the old NBA... Sean and uh, Cedric uh, dabbing uh, prior to the start of their video.
0: Do you remember what I said about hating it when Jill dabbed on uh, on Mole? That applies.
1: Yeah, da- is that dabbing the fourth rule you don't do prior to the start of the season, Michael? I might have to add it to the MH rules, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Courtney and Taylor, their interview was... Tr- Apparently they're supposed to be quick-witted, but as soon as they said their team nickname is, is Tortney... It reminded me of that scene from Family Guy where they're at the clam and Quagmire and Joe are sitting around and then Joe makes a joke about his wife saying, oh, can you get a muzzle for my wife? And then everyone else just goes silent. And then Joe's like, why isn't anybody else talking? And then Quagmire says, because we want you to know what you said. And that's pretty much what applies here, where everyone should have just gone silent in the studio just to let sink in just how terrible that joke nickname is.
0: They're just so boring. Like, without even hearing them speak, I'm already making comparisons to Dana and Amanda. I just don't care. I have a note here saying
1: for me to tell the pig story in relation to Courtney and Taylor, but I don't even know what the pig story is supposed to be. So, apparently they remind me of pigs somehow. Not physically, but in some sort of context. Okay. I know it's random. Oh, and their fears. They were talking about their fears. They say that they can't swim in open water and are afraid to go in the dark. Okay. Okay. Oh, and Akash gets extra points in his bio, because I like it, shows him Akash a lot more than Courtney and Taylor. Akash scores a lot of points for saying he wants to go to Bhutan, because for anybody who doesn't know this, Bhutan's a very interesting country in that it's the only country with a carbon negative footprint, I believe, and once you go in the country, if you're not an Indian or a Bangladeshi citizen, you have to pay $250, or $250 per day that you're in Bhutan. What? Yeah, if you're a tourist, you have to pay, like, over 200 bucks a day. So, if he has the winnings, the the only way you're going to go to Bhutan is if you win the grand prize for Amazing Race Canada. Which is why it's so tough, probably, for the American version to go there, because that'll be a pretty big budget for one leg of the race.
0: And I'm just going to run through their rule breaks, because they had two as well. So their family are their heroes. Boring. No one cares. And Newfoundland is nobody's favourite destination. Taylor, not even Dana and Amanda's.
1: All right! maybe Taylor wants to go there to commit suicide because that's the only reason I would think that somebody would want to go to Newfoundland and this is going to be really insulting for the other seven provinces and three territories that are not on this season but they were I think it was Taylor who currently resides in Williams Lake in BC and Williams Lake is a town of I think
0: 10,000 or fewer people it wouldn't be like Amazing Race Canada to go to somewhere where there's uh only ten thousand people, would it? Yeah, it was not like them at all. So it's funny
1: that all the major cities and the other provinces and territories didn't have any teams worth
0: choosing, but yet a team from Williams Lake within BC gets to go on the race. And I only have one note left for them, which is their motto is "No Crybaby." So I'm fully expecting a meltdown from them. Oh wait, if they actually had any personality?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. They're going to complain about something. Oh, and.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just
1: remembered something from the CTV interview where uh, actually I think this is from their casting video uh, where they were talking about because uh, in the in the one minute video the racer describes how the other person is a hero which is funny especially for the one team that doesn't know each other so they have to make up random shit on the spot. But during the video at some point Taylor describes a quality about Courtney and then Courtney says yes it's my secret sauce. When it's a sampling team, I do not want to hear about your special secret sauce. Knowing who this audience is geared towards, that may not be aired on CTV.
0: If only we were covering this season to make twin-cess jokes about them.
1: It's how they do in the RCMP, I guess. And I just sent you that screencap of Joseph and Akash. Just imagine that screencap of Akash gazing at Joe, Joseph and have it go on for the whole interview.
0: And one final, final, final thing for them is that they most associate with Adam and Andrea because they haven't seen anything of this show in the past five years.
1: Yeah, even the, what they said about them strongly hinted that they have not really seen Amazing Race Canada at all because they said, oh, they were a sibling team who worked well together. Um, did you see some of Adam and Andrea's fights along the way?
0: They are a hundred percent Dana and Amanda and nothing else will ever convince me of anything. Yeah, they have cops
1: cops who young young police officers who were recruited for Amazing Race Canada and have to pretend that they know stuff about Amazing Race Canada. I mean I mean if you know any if you've done your research, you would have listened to this podcast beforehand, and know that if you're gonna say stuff like, Oh, I'm gonna unleash my secret sauce on the Amazing Race Canada, I'm gonna make jokes about it. We're gonna make fun, because that's what we do. And because they're a boring team, I project they will go far, and think they will make it to fifth place.
0: And now on to my favourite team to talk about. <laughs> this is a team of strangers? It isn't, they are the one afterwards. This one is Courtney and Adam.
1: Oh. <laughs> why They have no, char- I've never seen a team talk without any charisma in their
0: interview. Right, first things first, does he not look like Dave off of Rachel off of Amazing Race 20?
1: Even the way he, uh, he uh, he, he's not as verbose as Dave off of Dave and Rachel.
0: He's a cyborg, it's amazing. (laughs) Point two, she is the sister of Kelsey off of BB Can.
1: And we all know how beloved and a big character Kelsey was in BB Can 4. She's one of the most memorable final two players out of all six seasons. Just only beaten by 11 other people. In fact, Michael, would you say she's probably number 12 of 12? Because we got Jillian, we have Gary. they, Those two definitely beat her. Then we have the awesome final two of John and Sabrina in season two. We have the awesome final two of um, Sarah and Godfrey. Oh, that's... Out of any reality show, that was just legendary.
0: And then, uh, the Pax Bros and Kelsey,
1: yes. In fact, she wouldn't even be most memorable in that final two, she'd have to be most memorable in that final three. <laughs>
0: uh, and then it is uh, Kenneth and uh, what's her face?
1: Oh, oh um, Karen,
0: Kenneth and Karen, yeah. yeah,
1: Kenneth and Karen, yes, those two definitely beat her. I, I, Kenneth, I mean, and we're not too high on Kenneth from season five, but. We're definitely higher on him, and then we have uh, Paris and Kayla from season six. So, good old Kelsey Faith is definitely at the bottom of that list.
0: Yeah, bearing in mind, I've seen nothing of of BB Can six. All I've seen is the first episode and the jury deliberation, and Kayla just shouting at people. That's it.
1: I've seen that and three episodes on top of that. That's all I saw of BB Can six. I've seen all of the first five seasons for the most part, or almost, or all all of some of the seasons. But yeah, season six only saw like four or five episodes total, I think.
0: But yeah, I have such high hopes of Courtney and Adam because their bio just reads like a classic bickering couple to me. They push each other's buttons in all the right ways. Sparks fly constantly, either from love or friction. I've just got. They're going to be a hot mess, aren't they?
1: You would think so, but in their interviews, they seemed really low key, and uh, I think they're going to be competitive, but I don't know if they'll be at each other's throats that much. Just because there was room for certain things they said in the interviews where they could have slightly sniped at each other, but they
0: didn't. What interested me most about them is how they met, because like all good relationships, they met when she was pouring drinks and he was being auctioned off.
1: Yeah, it almost sounds like what's going on in the States right now.
0: And Adam says that the travel destination he most wants to go to, other than Croatia, is the Pacific Islands that were involved in World War II. What the fuck, you psychopath?
1: You know what, though, I have to give him a lot of points because that is definitely the most most unique answer for travel for a uh, dream travel destination that anybody's ever put down. Other than the only other Pacific island is like Hawaii or French uh, Polynesia. No one's ever put just a random cluster of islands that were the grounds of nuclear testing in World War II. It's
0: unique, but what the fuck is that answer?
1: And it's really expensive to go to those places, like try to look up a flight to go to Kiribosh, you're going to be paying some some good change. And in the video for it, we get to see Adam uh, shirtless in his firefighting uh, calendar. Because of course we do. And what's even funnier is that they're billed as first responders, and then people on the Amazing Race Canada official Facebook page pointed out saying, hey, Courtney's a nurse, she's not a first responder. But I was thinking, man... Do you know how uncatchy it would be to build them as first and second responders?
0: See, I looked this up last night when, because I knew of the the question of whether she was the first responder. A first responder is just someone who's had first aid training, basically. Oh, okay. So, screw what I said. Yeah, technically, in my book at least, as being someone completely, you know, out of this and who doesn't really care, she's a first responder to me. They are not heroes because it's just doing their jobs, but she's a first responder if you ask me.
1: They did meet at a charity event, though. They got drunk. They got drunk at a charity event, so I don't know if that uh, cancels each other out.
0: And her hero is Ellen DeGeneres, and his is his parents. Massive viral, boring.
1: Oh, and Courtney said in her CTV uh, interview that she, in preparation for the race, they did they did a ton of preparation actually. Uh, they. Uh, did memory puzzles, they did some exercises, and Courtney took the Canadian citizenship uh, exams as practice.
0: That's never gonna come up again,
1: ever. I don't think so either, but they cram in some useless information about Canada that can come up on the race, though. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we get a... if one of the roadblocks is, is uh, sponsored by the Canadian Heritage Society or some shit like that, and they have to... Answer like, oh, who was the third, um, you know, who was the third governor general of Canada? And, you know, things that nobody cares about.
0: Absolutely no one cares. I am a notorious quizzer. I don't care. At all. So, yeah, I quite like them just from reading them, reading about them. I certainly don't hate them as much as I hate a lot of the other teams.
1: Courtney did commit another foul, though. She did reference Africa as a country. As their dream travel destination. Because it's totally a city. Yeah, Africa City. Africa City, Africa.
0: And now on to what I suspect is your favourite team to talk about, Nancy and Melissa.
1: There's still two more things I have to say about Courtney and Adam, surprisingly. Number one, on paper, they seem like they will be the first co-ed team to win this race. Yeah, I would agree. Mentally sharp, physically fit, very competitive. They've already talked about not being afraid to use the U-turn, so... I think they're going to make a very deep run in contrast to some of the other teams. And they quoted Shauna from Martha Stewart's uh, Apprentice by saying that they will fake it until they make it. That is their team motto. I never expected that to come up. And then uh, I think one of the nicknames was Bergalicious, And if this were season 26, of course, that would change to being Bergalicious.
0: Oh, of course. And now on to the team that I suspect you're going to want to talk about the most, Nancy and Melissa.
1: The team that, quote, doesn't know each other that well on a personal level, is what is exactly said in the
0: bios. Right, these guys stink of recruits. I know that may shock you to, to know that opinion, but they're definitely recruited, especially as Nancy's bio even includes the fact that, you know, she was nominated over 30 times. But then on top of that, they don't even know each other. It's like both of them were individually recruited and just paired together and said, yeah, you guys were at the Calgary Stampede at some point together. Why don't we use that as your meeting story that everyone will definitely believe, even though if you scratch slightly at the surface, you know it's a lie. Yeah, it's
1: like at the Calgary Stampede, everyone's high and drunk. So it's like, yeah, I mean, technically we did meet each other. Maybe they even made out with each other, and they didn't even know until afterwards, until they got paired up as recruits for this season. It's like, oh, this brings a bell now. A cowbell.
0: Interestingly, I also know that they are represented by the same agent as John Montgomery. Ooh, that is... Hmm... Apparently the same agency represents all three of those people. And two of them are,
1: and the other, one is the host, and the other two somehow make it as a team onto the season of heroes, even though they're just athletes and there's nothing heroic about them.
0: Now, I mean, I understand that you spend four years training to become a champion skeleton or to go to the Turin Olympics. I get that. It's a lot of effort and a lot of hard work and dedication, but it is not a reason to make you heroic.
1: Surprisingly, Nancy is the oldest racer on the season, and she's even older than the retired people. At 49. She's 49.
0: That is not an old person.
1: But she's older than the retired people. Like, how do people
0: retire that young? No one in my family can retire that young. I mean, it's slightly different when you're in the armed forces, as far as I'm aware, given that you have, like, a limit of 25 years and that's it. And then you, you're automatically retired. But, like, she's not even that old. How is she the oldest person on this season?
1: However, her age does show through because she commits a very familiar error of referencing Africa as a country.
0: And both of them also say that their family is their hero. Snore. And
1: Nancy says her nickname is Nanny Goat. And being a top barrel racer, I wonder if the goat is supposed to stand for the greatest of all time.
0: We don't mention goats anymore. April and Sarah get depressed whenever we mention them again.
1: That's true. Maybe we need a bit more zen before we mention goats.
0: Don't also forget that Melissa said her dream travel destination was that even more exotic country of Texas.
1: All right, <laughs> oh, right. Where do you want to go? The whitest, blandest, most... <laughs> m- m- the blandest state? That south of Nebraska?
0: And the team that they're most like, of course, being a female-female team who want to be successful is Kristen and Steph, probably because they were told to mention Kristen and Steph.
1: What did they even say about Kristen and Steph in the bio? Did they actually reference anything Steph and Kristen did, or just be like, eh, "We want to be similar to Steph and Kristen"?
0: I don't even think there was anything concrete. I think it was just we want to be similar to them because it's either them or Natalie and Megan, and someone else has already taken Natalie and Megan.
1: Yes, we're gonna be we're similar to the lesbian softball players that know each other very well and had a prior relationship to the start of the season. Nancy and Melissa have more in common with Mark and Mallory than with, uh, than with Steph and Kristen.
0: I'm not saying that we'll kiss at the finish line if we win, but I'm also not ruling it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what the, why the agent put them together. I don't know. Nancy is 50, so that sounds like an interesting agent.
0: It does sound like the plot of one of the, uh, the movies in your collection to have a... Uh... A barrel racer and a, a former olympian just hook up on a on a mat probably in the middle of nowhere
1: and now, for the most stereotypical prairie thing to ever happen
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know, but their <laughs> interviews their not their interview segment their one minute uh, introductory video looked like that uh Madonna music video where she's a cowgirl it reminded me a lot of that music I think it was no 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 music's the one with uh Sasha Bear and uh Cohen this is it's that other one I think it was off the same album it's just when she's in that country boots and she's just walking in the same spot Did you see who they nominated as the, or how who they said was their hero uh no Marnie McBean who Marnie McBean that's who they said in their bio I haven't Googled who that is yet, but I'm going to right now. Marnie McBean, it sounds like the name of an anthropomorphic uh, animal
0: c- uh, country singer. No, it sounds like one of the uh, character names in one of your filthy movies. <laughs> who wants to flick Marnie McBean? I knew that
1: was coming. <laughs> okay, Marnie McBean apparently is an Olympian for- former, I'd assume former because she's 50. Um, she's a former Olympic Canadian rower. An Olympic three-time gold medalist. That's a real name.
0: I totally thought it was going to be a character. Did she legally change her name? You know how we had the the count last year of how many times Kevin and Ryan would mention the word giver? I think we should have a count this time of the amount of times that Monty references the fact that uh, Melissa is also a skeletal.
1: Yeah, and then Brenton and Sean would be like, oh, there." so
0: so she's not a,
1: a figure skater?
0: No, she's a skeletal.
1: Yeah. She's a skeletor, guys! Just like me! Come on, guys! On the guys, We're guys, both heroes. guys! Guys! Mm-hmm. Guys! Guys! Mm-hmm.
0: Guys! She's a skeletor, like me!
1: And we both love the tasty cream of Campbell soup. It has a special secret sauce produced by one of the other racers. <sighs> That's the last time. Um, so, I don't think this team will do particularly well, even if they compare themselves to the only all female winners. Um. I think the Albertan Cowgirls, who have never seen an episode of The Amazing Race Canada, are going to finish in seventh.
0: And now we're on to another team that I really quite like, who are Martina and Phil.
1: Yes. Interesting thing about Martina and Phil is that when they first uploaded the bio, they talked about Phil's wife um, having two miscarriages and, getting through and overcoming that. And then like half an hour later... They removed that part from the bio, so I assume they're probably going to save it for the episodes on TV to use that as extra storytelling for them. That doesn't sound like the sort of thing Amazing Race Canada would do. That's what I mean, that's how sloppy it's been pre-season, is that they put something in the bios and they're like, hmm, actually we're just going to take that out, even though thousands of people have probably already read this in their bio by now.
0: They are the only team in the entire season not to break an MH rule.
1: Yes, I noted that too. Martina is very, very active on social media from what I've seen. She's tweeted about every single team's uh, cast release. She's retweeted everything that Amazing Race Canada has put out. And then she's complimented every single team as their bios were coming up. And then she's been honored at various events in Vancouver for being a quote-unquote celebrity now. And she's been super enthusiastic about this, much more than any other uh, team. And because they seem like they'll be an energetic and enjoyable team to watch, in classic Amazing Race Canada fashion, I think they would be going home in ninth place.
0: I have high hopes for them. Is the honest answer. They actually are heroes. They're siblings and volunteers with over 10,000 hours of their time volunteered with kids in Canada, the US, Kenya, South Africa, Korea, and Fiji. They're complete opposites, which usually works out well for both entertainment and, you know, skill sets. They know what real travel destinations are. But we're not going to get real travel destinations, Michael. No, but if they've travelled extensively, as it appears they have, that's a good sign for a good team, normally. Yeah. And Phil also likes to call himself Daddy in
1: Korean. I, I think Phil seems a bit reserved overall, though. I don't know how competitive he'll be in contrast to uh, Martina.
0: She even says that she is much louder than he is.
1: Yes, and I th- think he's. if they're going to lose early on, it's probably be- going to be because of him at a roadblock. But yeah, 10,000 hours of volunteering. Now, that's, that's a hero, guys. That is... Definitely a heroic team. Not barrel racers, not random people in the military or law enforcement, not other athletes, not more athletes, but people who volunteered 10,000 hours of their time by the time they're in their mid to late 30s. That's insane.
0: Exactly. They are actually fulfilling the potential of this season, or fulfilling the remit of this season, at least.
1: And apparently they have a secret move they're going to use on the other teams called the Puppy Dog Attack. They're, they're going to like charm the teams but secretly try to go after them.
0: I think they'll be completely underestimated in a Brooke and Scott style fashion. They're obviously not going to be as awesome as Brooke and Scott, but they're probably going to be very underestimated and no one's going to even think about U turning them. They're going to probably potentially get a lot of help from other teams and, you know, maybe sneak attack at the end.
1: Yeah, Martina's going to be very extroverted. So after a season, uh, season five where there was no alliances or coalitions. I think Martina is definitely going to use that to her advantage here. And thankfully
0: they don't hero worship their family.
1: Yeah, they dominated. Were they the ones that not, not that uh said that Gandhi was their hero and somebody else?
0: You know, actual real answers to that question rather than boring ass, "Oh yeah, I love my family," at the risk of sounding like Michelle.
1: Yeah. Um and the one thing the one fear I have with Phil too, is that he has a fear of water. That'll be fine. What can water do to you? You drink water. And they've nicknamed themselves the Super Co Siblings. And I am not, uh, as soon as they said they were Korean, I'm thinking, are they from BC or are they from BC? Shockingly, they're from BC. If you've ever been to Vancouver, huge, huge Korean population there. I have a few times. Yeah, I was more directing it towards the audience. I, I know you've been there, Michael. In fact, three of my pharmacy uh, pharmacist floaters at my work that we have. It's not nice to call them floaters. That's what we call them. Logan
0: wants to flush them.
1: Three out of the six or seven I've had. Wait, four of them have been from South Korea, either born there or second, or just a or just a first generation Canadian.
0: I do like that they specifically called it Korea rather than you know South Korea.
1: Well, they could unite. The two sides could reunite
0: after Trump's visit. So you never know. Amazing Race Canada doesn't even acknowledge Best Korea. Now that is a scandal we need to talk about. <laughs> So, next team is Zainab and Monica, who are colleagues in the Navy who have never met before.
1: So are they first out, or are they first out, Michael?
0: They are definitely first out. Well, they're definitely early boos. But also, I happen to know that they are the only team who evaded Reality Fan Forum. They had no idea who, who Zainab and Monica were until the cast came out. Zynab followed me on Twitter. Interesting. Only one to follow me. Not that you're begging for it or anything. No, I wasn't. I'm like, well,
1: they're gonna hate my tweets once they see them. I applies to all ten teams, and then no, Zainab actually followed me. And they yeah, they have a ten age, uh, ten year age gap. They don't know each other really at all. Much like another all female team, it's like it's like out of the six seasons, production said, okay, we'll let an all female team win once just to get it out of the way, and then just handicap them from that point onwards. Monica actually named Egypt. As a te- destination, she wants to go to, so she knows that Africa is not a country. Their walkout song uh, is "Mi Hente" by Jay Balvum, So we actually get uh, a foreign song uh, in the favor in the walkout uh, song list. However, where they lose points is that they identify with Natalie and Megan because Natalie and Megan remains professional. So Zainab and Monica are going to be very self edited and not wanting to show any personality whatsoever. Monica has awesome hair. They're both really short. One of them has a photo with their mother and a gun. They talk about how their moms are heroes, because their moms were single moms, which, again, doesn't make you a hero. And that was really... Oh, and they had the... In the inter- CTV interview, the interviewer asked each team, oh, do you have a secret handshake or some sort of celebration? Um, Joseph and Akash's was very cringeworthy, where they did like the quick handshake, and then they bumped their chest and just yelled, yeah! like an 80s action show. Zynab and Monica's is Hug It Out. They didn't have one, so they just hugged it out on the spot. So apparently they just copied the Hug It Out bitch thing from Entourage.
0: I don't know what to say about them, because they seem very nice, but they're probably not going to last that long.
1: Yeah, they might be like Anne and Tanya, where they hang on to about 8th place, but I I can't see it being any further than that.
0: But given how competitive they are, obviously they compare themselves to Natalie and Megan.
1: But not because of their competitiveness, but because they remained professional.
0: Yeah, because they raced well and remained professional throughout. Which, I think Suki Atwell may have had an issue with that statement. Especially after the uh, PEI like And Natalie and Megan screaming at Suki and Jinder.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: but also, I would prefer to compare them to my personal favourite female-female team of Amazing Race Canada. Who are, of course...
1: Oh! go 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 ahead. Go ahead and say it.
0: Sharla and Nabila.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, you think they're going to do that bad, eh?
0: I don't think they're going to be Sharla and Nabila levels of bad, but I I certainly don't think we're going to see much by way of impressive performance from them.
1: I think there's going to be a task that's going to be hilarious because they're really short. So I think that's where they're going to be like, oh, I'm not tall enough for this.
0: Oh, please, a basketball task.
1: Oh, yes. In this task, teams must perform a heroic slam
0: dunk. In this task, teams must reach their next clue, which is on a high shelf.
1: They'll have to pull out a whole lot of hero- hero- heroism to get this clue. And that's not even a word.
0: Heroicism. Like, with the Amazing Race Canada budget, reaching to a high shelf is not out of the question for a clue. And it's sponsored by the Royal Canadian Legion for some reason. If only we were covering this season, and I could mock that sponsorship so much, because I would.
1: You know there's going to be at least, like, there has to be at least one sponsored task in each round. That's excluding any sort of airfare or the hotel sponsor. You know there's going to be a skip the dishes task. There's going to be a Royal Canadian Legion task. Woods task. Oh, there's going to be so much.
0: I can't wait for one of the leg prizes to be a month's free contact lenses.
1: <laughs> or a year's supply of
0: Campbell's Soup. No, Campbell's Soup isn't involved as is yet What?! It's literally just those sponsors that I read out at the start.
1: Did Superfan Alex make them want to pull out? Was he just unbearable to have on location for that day?
0: Superfan Alex nearly made his parents want to pull out.
1: (laughs) Oh, poor Superfan Alex. I feel like we've dissed him so much on this podcast, and he's such a fake Superfan that he doesn't even know about this podcast.
0: But yeah, the leg prizes are hopefully going to be as bad as a month's free contact lenses or a free voucher for Skip the Dishes. That's what I want.
1: A free voucher. Yeah,
0: one free meal for the two of them.
1: One between the two of them, not even one each.
0: One of you can have a starter, one of you can have a main course, and both of you can have dessert.
1: Oh, they could have, like, Lady in the Tramp style.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they have to share it at the pit stop. And you know who would love that the most? Taylor and Courtney.
1: <laughs> My favourite was the spaghetti.
0: Why are we doing
1: incest jokes? <laughs> Because no, this is what happens, producers, when you don't put more material in your bios.
0: We've still got three teams left, going I point out?
1: We're moving along pretty good. We've still got the, uh, the
0: big announcement at the end as well.
1: Oh, and we finally get real heroes in our next team in the form of B44. <laughs> they were nominated over 35 million times, which
0: represents the entire population of Canada. They are our biggest heroes. In a Smash Brothers in- style introduction, they're ready to get down on the composition. <laughs> yes. So, our next All-Star Heroes team is probably the most heroic of them all, to be fair. It's Dylan and Kwame. Uh,
1: I should note that next season, if it is All-Stars, and they bring back teams from this season, they
0: really would be an All-Star Hero team. I have one note for them, which is just, they compare themselves to the Voldemort Mussolinis. Next! The,
1: not the Mussolini's from Season 3, but the Mussolini's from Season 2. They are recruits. They are definitely recruits. They didn't even know who won Season 2 or Season 3.
0: Who have never seen the season.
1: And just their whole interview, everything about them is just absurd. How they met is absurd. They, or no, how they became friends again. They reunited in Fort McMurray. The
0: people's place. My favorite episode of last season, mainly because we talked about it for five minutes, and then we just ragged on the season. Yeah, Fort McMurray, what a what a waste of a leg. What a dump. Uh, what a dump indeed.
1: You see the- <laughs> You didn't know what was going to happen when you woke up in the morning you just did your job. And see that house down there? That's where my bitch ex-wife lives.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about the bitch (laughs) ex-wife.
1: And we both had that same joke written down independently, had no idea that the other was going to make the joke, and then you beat
0: me to the bitch (laughs) ex-wife. Yeah, I did. So they are allegedly friends and coaches with interesting tastes in headbands. The green headbands. My god, that blinded me. That blinded lol. And they have even less interesting tastes in terrible tattoos even see I didn't even, even
1: note take note of the tattoos. Have you not seen
0: the cast photo? They have awful tattoos.
1: What are the tattoos of?
0: There's one that's a dictionary definition. Urban dictionary? Hopefully they've uh, they've start they've got the urban dictionary definition of toad in the hole on their on their arms. Do not look up toad in the hole on urban dictionary, by the way.
1: I, I I won't. I'll take your advice.
0: As with many things on urban dictionary, do not look
1: it up at work. Kwame was complimenting Dylan, saying, Dylan's great, he's a great motivator with with lives, he inspires lives. And then he said, and also Dylan builds lives. So he's a creator. Move over, Jesus. Dylan's in the house.
0: Dylan has the dictionary pronunciation for the word perspective on his forearm. Which he doesn't follow by. I've just sent you the picture in chat.
1: It's kind of funny when they're referring to themselves as Superman, and they're like, we're teachers, we're physic. we're... Physical education teachers, like really emphasizing that being PE teachers
0: is more valuable than any other type of teacher out there. And do you know what I think of PE teachers? Not highly. They are the worst.
1: Yeah, have you ever seen the TV show Freaks and Geeks? That guy was an asshole.
0: I am reasonably proud of the fact that one of my school reports, given my parents' hate, it didn't care about PE or or, or anything that I wasn't interested in. One of my PE reports in uh, secondary school was, and I quote, Michael needs to learn the benefits of exercise. (laughs) That was all my PE teacher wrote.
1: I feel like that should be like a a way that that Dylan and Kwame could troll you. He was a dick. (laughs) the PE teacher or Dylan and Kwame? Yes. Holy crap, he does have the tattoo of perspective on his arm. That is the most ironic thing I've seen yet. I know he does. Oh, they're silly nicknames for themselves. Did you see that? Special K or Silco?
0: They're certainly special.
1: And their hero is some guy named Izzy Castillo. Izzy Castillo attended Brock University in St. Catharines, Ontario, obtained a bachelor's degree in child and youth studies and a diploma in social and social
0: service work.
1: And he works at the Crisis Prevention Centre. Okay, that is Cla- that's, a, that's a hero. More of a hero than Dylan and Kwame.
0: And they want to be the role models that they never had growing up.
1: Maybe they can be the role models for less, slightly less terrible fans of Kevin and Ryan.
0: You know what would be more inspiring? You could inspire me if you get the fuck off the Amazing Race.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, and Dylan's nickname for himself is Lil Dill or Big Dill, and if you want to go even shorter, it would be Lil D or Big D. And when you're referring to yourself as Superman, and that you build lives. I'm going to say
0: it's probably closer to Lil D. Like, if you want to be a cut-price Mussolinis and you want me to treat you like a cut-price Mussolinis, this is how you go about it. The one saving grace that they have is that they didn't pick a Canadian location for their dream one. That's it. That's all the good that I can find in them.
1: And they were, even though like they were terrible entertaining, at least they're entertaining. Like, we never got that from the Mussolinis. Well, the Mussolini's just want to make me bang my head against a desk.
0: So how do you think they're going to end up?
1: Well, to follow the general rule of Amazing Race Canada where terrible teams make Final 3, I'm going to say they make it to second place.
0: I think they're going to be Final 3 as well. And to to quote what I say at least once every single Amazing Race Canada season, they're going to last too long and annoy the shit out of me.
1: Not every season can be Amazing Race Canada 4 with its uh, Final 3. Very true.
0: Or Final Four. Final yeah, Four. Yeah, I was going to say Final Four. Don't, yeah. don't do Frankie I can't, and Amy not just
1: Frankie and Amy. Frankie and Amy are the best. They're, they're the go- the greatest of all time. It's Frankie Goat, not Na- not Nanny Goat.
0: Two more teams to go, and I think we should keep with the most inspiring teams and go for Leanne and Ma next.
1: They are going to have a rough time on social media this season. If not, they already have. In fact, the Mason Race Canada official Facebook page admin already deleted that whole thread that I have already screen capped. Where the one guy is like, How are cheerleaders heroes? This is laughable. The gas attendant down uh, at the corner of my street is a the hero then. And then there's this huge fight because there's people that personally know Leanne and Mar that were trying to defend them. And they're like, Well, they do this and do this. And cheerleaders takes a lot of this and that. And the guy's like, Oh, you guys are making me laugh. That's just ridiculous. And then the thread got deleted. But luckily, I screen capped it before it was deleted. And more comments on the official Facebook page have been posted this morning about people mocking the cheerleaders for being heroes.
0: I will say that they are more of a heroic team than a lot of the teams on this season, because through the Toronto Argonauts, they do do a lot of charity work. However, there is a lot of negativity that is associated with the Toronto Argonauts for the next sentence that I'm going to say. Because do you know who also in this cast has a relationship with the Toronto Argonauts? I'll give you a clue. It's Kwame.
1: Kwame has a relationship with the Toronto Argonauts, Lian and Mar have a relationship with the Toronto Argonauts, and the Toronto Argonauts are owned by Bell Media. Kwame used to play for
0: them. He used to play for them, man. He is not memorable. He used to play for them, they now cheerlead for them. I know there was very little overlap with the timeframes of them, but given that I think Lian and Mar started about four years ago and Kwame left in 2010, but I would put money on them knowing each other through mutual friends, or something along those lines.
1: It'll be like Dave and Matt from uh, Survivor New Zealand.
0: Exactly. So that is a built-in alliance already. Huh.
1: And yeah, it's all through, and Bell Media is the company that
0: owns CTV. The company that runs Amazing Race Canada into the ground, yeah, we know. So Dylan
1: and Kwame and Leanne and Mar are both definitely recruits. We have a lot of recruits this season, my god.
0: And their heroes are their parents, Boo, and Coach Jory Brown.
1: Okay, let's look up Jory Brown. Let's see if we can dig up any dirt on him.
0: Given that Coach Jory Brown is also my hero, it's quite nice to see him finally recognized.
1: He's just head coach of the Argonauts.
0: I thought he might have been. And Leanne obviously has never seen this show before and can't even be asked picking a destination. Anywhere! She doesn't want to go anywhere because you have everything you need right here.
1: And... Mar's nickname is after the 151st Pokemon, as she nicknames herself Mew Mew. And Leanne nicknames herself after one of Martina and Phil's cousins as Lily.
0: I think you'll find that Mar nicknames herself after the former name of the 151st Pokemon, because everyone knows it's (laughs) Peekaboo. And you have to find it under the truck, next to the SSM, and you have to use strength on the trucks and lift it up and find Peekaboo. Is that really a thing? Do you not remember those rumours during Red and Blue?
1: You're, you're going back 21 years, Michael. I haven't played Red and Blue in a,
0: in a while. It was a constant rumour that there was 151st Pokemon called Pika Blue, which you could only get by using strength on the truck next to the SSN. I'm not even making this up. There's
1: real Pika Blue footage. Oh, it's just somebody nicknaming their Pokemon Pika Blue.
0: Oh, 100%. It's a perpetual Pokemon rumor every single time a new game comes out, like, for example, the horrible-looking Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Um, So apparently their heroes were moving out of their house at 17 to, unfortunately, the town of Thunder Bay, Ontario.
0: Ooh, there's another team that has a connection to Thunder Bay, Ontario, in Mark and Corey. Dude, does everyone just know
1: each other this season? Is it just heroes with connections?
0: Just putting it out there, they all have very similar backgrounds.
1: Yeah, it's like the, it's like this season, is just one inside season put on.
0: For a season that is marketing itself as being a cast full of everyday Canadian heroes, they're from three provinces, they all know each other, and it's going to be really cliquey. No kidding, my god.
1: And they most identify with, of course... One of the greatest teams in Amazing Race Canada history.
0: That stellar team, Andrea and Ebony.
1: It's amazing how terrible of choices people are making with the teams they relate to. You would think that we just hate every Amazing Race Canada team. We, we really like about, what, 80% of them we really like. It's really like? We've talked about how the first four seasons of Amazing Race Canada had extremely awesome casting choices, and Gino and Jesse...
0: If you go back to our Amazing Grace Calendar 3 preview, which, cannot point out, we did two episodes for because we had so much to say about them. Twelve teams took us three and a half hours because we loved them so much and loved everything we were going to have to say about them. And also Gino and Jesse. Fast forward three years to this podcast where there's two teams that I actively like of ten and all of their picks for who they can be compared to are terrible and display a complete lack of self-awareness of what type of team they're going to be. Because, for example, Adam and Andrea, great team. My favourite team of Season 5, apart from Aaron and Deb, obviously. Great team, not the correct team to compare yourself to. If we can come up with a better option, that is not a good team for you. Indeed. Leanne and Ma, you are nothing like Andrea and Ebony. And not even for the reasons that you say. When you say they were idolized for their beauty. No one cared about them.
1: I didn't know who they were. No one knows who they are.
0: No one knew who they were until they actually... Well, until they got to China with the whole diving thing. And then until they got eliminated. That was it.
1: Yeah, like, uh... One of them them didn't even show up to the reunion show.
0: It's just a dreadful, dreadful choice of a team to compare yourself to. And that then angers us more when we're doing this preview. Because we go into these previews going, yes, this is going to be amazing. We cannot wait for this. It's going to be so much fun. And you beat us down with your terrible answers.
1: Yeah, like Gino and Jesse and Kevin and Ryan are our two least favourite teams in Amazing Race Canada by far. And then Mickey and Pete are a bit towards the bottom. Andrew and Ebony are really close to the bottom. Natalie and Megan are... It's just not the correct choice for the team that picked them. It's like, is anybody going to make A, a wise choice, and be one of the, I mean, about 40 or so teams that we like on Amazing Race Canada.
0: Yeah, it's really not difficult to make us like you. All you have to do is give detailed answers, nothing stupid, and give us stuff to work with. That's it. Three things. Easy to do. Just actually elaborate on your answers. Don't make any stupid choices like, you know, Africa's a country, my family are my heroes, stuff we really don't care about, All you have to do with these bios is just make us want to be interested in you. That's it. Nothing else. If you give us stuff to work with, we have an easier time with this preview. You'll probably like what we have to say. It's going to be great for the rest of the season. As it happens, this season's slightly different because we're not covering the rest of the season at all. So it's going to be much harder to actually make us want to even watch the season because it's not a guarantee that I'm watching it. But at least to give us stuff to work with, for crying out loud...
1: And they have their own little move called the Palm Drop. They actually, in their CTV interview, they brought the pom poms with them to the interview
0: because of course they did.
1: It's like I wonder if production forced them to bring the pom poms onto the interview, or if they're just just were in, in between gigs.
0: Yeah, it's the off season for them at the moment.
1: And their their motto makes no sense. Apparently, it was a Toronto Argonauts playoff motto called "The Sun Came Out." What the hell does that even mean? Things got a little bit
0: better. One of them has a son.
1: Yeah, that makes me a hero, probably. Um, but I did. I can't help but laugh at the fact that the team that participates the most in anti-bullying campaigns is the team that's being bullied the most by casual
0: fans on Facebook and Twitter.
1: That should, That's just funny. Come on.
0: I can't really say much on this, given that the day that you posted your blog about how you got bullied in high school, I set up a prank where Joey Cavino roasted you for half an hour on the podcast that evening.
1: Yeah, it's the stuff of stuff that you just can't uh, can't script.
0: I'm genuinely excited for the prospects of Covino joining us for Podcast Game Night, by the way. I, I'm hoping it's going to happen. Mainly because I know what Flasher will be like with Cavino. He's going to drink. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and he's just going to offend people. It's going to be wonderful. And for Leanne and Mar, Mar
1: said that she is the other half of Leanne's brain. Not a separate brain, but the other half of it, and in classic Rob Cesternino fashion, that means they're two half-wits.
0: Two girls, one brain, one half-wit left. Yes. We don't mention them on this podcast, by the way.
1: (laughs) It's like Woolerton and Corner Gas. Um, And Mar apparently has a crippling fear of horses. (laughs) Apparently, like, when they're driving in a car in Toronto, and there's somebody riding a horse at some sort of function or across the street apparently Mara will will tense up. She's legit afraid of horses, and in a series that spends a lot of time within Canada and with a
0: horse-related task every single season, this could be a problem. I really hope that extends to being afraid of Taylor and Courtney, because frankly, given their behaviour according to us, I would be scared of them as well.
1: <laughs> and... Um, I don't even know how to follow that. (laughs) And they quote Lou Ferrigno by saying they're going to put their 110% into everything that they do.
0: I love how I wasn't even coming into this podcast wanting Taylor and Courtney to be my punching bag. It was going to be Adam and Courtney, but, you know, I'm just going to make them my punching bag now.
1: Maybe you just got, got confused like I did between which one is Adam and Courtney and which one is Taylor and Courtney. And I put them as my surprise pick to go far, and I put them in third place. Really? I wanted to just do one random roll of the dice with one of the teams and go off script. Otherwise, I'd be too bored with predicting teams. And I'm going to pick them as like this: the Vanessa, Selena, what the fuck? How did they make it to final three? Choice. I think they'll be out quite early, personally. But you
0: know, I have zero interest in this season. So, what do I know? Yeah. And our final team, who didn't even compare themselves to the team they should have done, is Todd and Anna. Actual
1: heroes. So how many heroes do we have? We have Todd and Anna, Leanne and Marr, Joseph and Akash, and Martina and Phil?
0: Yep. So four. Four out of ten
1: teams are actual
0: heroes. The rest are not heroes,
1: they're liars. Yes. Or represented by John Montgomery's agent.
0: So they are dating for four years, but have known each other for ten, and they apparently graduated as both the male and female athletes of the year.
1: And something varies... Uh, unique about Todd is that he's a ginger. He is, which Monty will obviously
0: find some sort of brotherhood with him.
1: Yeah, it'll become the big running sob story for the team and what's constantly uh, referenced uh, from start to finish.
0: He doesn't have a disability, he's just ginger. <laughs> yes.
1: And Todd's nickname is apparently Toad, uh, as from the Mushroom Kingdom, I presume. Time for adventure! Which
0: would, of course, make her Toadette. Beppo!
1: Or Toddy
0: is his nickname, which...
1: Man, if so- if I- my name was Todd and somebody called me Toddy, they'd be getting a punchy in the facey.
0: What would your nicknames be?
1: Uh, I'd have to assume it I wonder if they would go with my blot with the super cool Wacky or Wacky as my uh, nickname. I have a lot of nicknames, though. Sean Montgomery always refers to me as Mr. Man Bun. Yeah,
0: everyone else refers to you as Fuckface. Yeah,
1: or Joel and Ashley refer to me as Fartface. Um...
0: That bastard over there. What else do people call you?
1: Mother Kanucker,
0: um... Fucking Saunders. That's a Covino yeah, special.
1: Vino's nickname for me. Um, and also, a few of the patients at my pharmacy referred to me as Tarzan.
0: To which I'm assuming you replied, the game is afoot.
1: Yes, yeah, sometimes. I think I did sneak in a Survivor Tarzan reference, just to see if they would get it, but no. I didn't want to, uh, explainate who Tarzan was.
0: I snuck a, a Survivor reference onto the code. Beat that, bitch. Yeah. And Todd's heroes are his mother boring and the nurses and doctors who saved his life
1: that yeah that's uh yeah that'd be if you were gonna die otherwise then yeah i guess uh i guess they would be your personal hero
0: however the rule break for them comes from her when she says that her hero is him oh
1: yeah that's even worse than saying your parents are your heroes boring and todd and anna are even though they're one of the younger teams. They actually behave like one of the oldest teams ever on Amazing Race Canada, as they love to play backgammon and crib, eat corn that is mashed into a fine paste, because that's good eating, and watching episodes of Matlock.
0: And wearing sensible shoes, and visiting their grandchildren.
1: Knitting. I think they'll kill the knitting roadblock. And Todd says he can't live without cheese, which which also sounds like a very old person answer. What's next? His dream destination is the Werther's factory in Wertherville,
0: South Carolina. The good news is that they commit the perpetual Amazing Race preview answer of saying that their dream destination is, of course, Italy. Yay! It had to happen at least once.
1: Not because of their family, though. At least it's a solid, like, legit Italy answer. Better than Newfoundland or Go Home Lake Ontario or Africa. Man,
0: there were some terrible geographical answers this year. And they didn't even compare themselves to who I would have compared them to, which is Lowell and Julie. Yes,
1: they they are exactly, they're a lot like them, in, in fact, with their stories and their sense of humour. They will definitely be the comedic relief of the season, and I think they're going to do reasonably well. I think they'll make it to fourth place. I'm guessing you know the chunk of the boot order, since you've made no predictions, or you just don't care.
0: I know first boot, mm. and I've deliberately avoided finding anything else out, but I know who goes first. Okay. So that is our 10 teams, for what it's worth.
1: Yep, those are 10 teams on a season that's full of fake labels and favoritism by people involved in production of the Amazing Race Canada. So if you applied and you have no connection to Bell Media, CTV, Toronto Argonauts, um, too bad, you're fucked.
0: I think the problem for us is that even though we're not actually properly covering this season, the response that I have for this entire cast is just, Yeah, yeah, they're there, I guess. There's no one really who inspires much positivity. I mean, Martina and Phil, obviously my favourites. Adam and Courtney, I want to bully them all season. But other than that, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, these are teams. These are teams
1: competing on a season of a reality TV show.
0: Yeah, and I know we started off by saying that production is very lazy at the moment, but... One great example of that that I forgot to mention earlier is the cast photo. cast photo is brilliant. It's always, like, in some sort of scenic location. It has been, like, parking garages and stuff, but they make it look great. And that's when they get all the teams together to do all of this. This time, looks like a nuclear wasteland, obviously photoshopped, just looks horrific.
1: And they put their jobs on (laughs) on their shirts. And it looks and the way they're posed. Uh, Spencer Wilson, also from RTV Wires pointed this out. That it looks like the cast photo of a of a teen drama that you would watch on the CW network.
0: I love Spencer's thread about this. There's so much great stuff for, from it.
1: Yeah, and then we had a fun time rolling with it. And I was looking through C, CW teen dramas, and I'm thinking. Wow, they did just copy the CW playbook. I even found the cast of Dawson's Creek posing the same way.
0: Yeah, genuinely, it looks like they are the last survivors of some sort of nuclear holocaust. And the uniforms that they have been given shows their former jobs. That's it. It's horrific. I do not know who came up with the idea. But I want to just find them and punch them square in the face.
1: It's like production and CTV and whoever was involved in the decision-making process thought... Okay, let's do a season of Amazing Race Canada and we're gonna make we're gonna save the one bad decision of not making it an all-star. We're gonna earn points with that. But everything else about the season, we're just gonna do the worst possible job that we can do. And that's what's that well, we're gonna have the worst ideas, and that's exactly what they've done here.
0: But the laziness isn't just the group photo for me, because I'm on record. I love cast photos, I love picking them apart, trying to find out when they were taken and things. But there's a couple of things that I've noticed. Number one is this year, they didn't have one cast photo for each team. They had two. One work, one casual. It's not a fucking pageant.
1: I can't wait for the swimwear event. Or athletic wear event, pardon me.
0: Number two, and probably more important. For the first time in Amazing Race Canada history the photos were not labelled with team names. Instead, they were labelled with, for example, Taylor and Courtney were Team Aqua.
1: I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, wrapped in plastic, it's fantastic.
0: The fact of the matter is, if you can't even put enough effort into actually labelling the team names correctly on photos, that doesn't speak wonders for the rest of the season.
1: It's like production themselves hates, hates this season. Or just they just hate the idea of it that CTV probably forced down upon them, so they're like, we're just going to do the laziest job possible. Still get a million viewers, because there's nothing else on Canadian television, let's be honest. And maybe something, maybe CTV gives them more artistic freedom and creative control for Season 7? They just absolutely
0: do not care. And you know what? Neither do I anymore.
1: On that note, thank you for
0: listening to this podcast. Oh no, Logan, we've been teasing something big. Oh, right, the surprise. Don't forget about that. The big surprise. And to be fair, if you've listened to the past 238 episodes, it's probably not going to be that big of a surprise for you. But still. Obviously, we're not covering this season. It looks terrible. We have far too much vitriol for it to ever actually consider covering the season properly. I know Logan keeps talking about wanting to do the International Legs. Doubt it's going to happen. For the past four years, we've suffered through the highs and lows of Amazing Race Canada, and in the space of just three seasons, we've gone from its biggest cheerleaders to some of its biggest critics. I've expressed my discomfort with covering last year, but thanks to a very persuasive slash naggy Canadian, I stuck around for one more season. Thankfully, that's now come to an end, because beginning next week, and every week that Amazing Race Canada airs, for the rest of the season, we will be releasing a new episode. It just won't necessarily be Amazing Race Canada themed. Instead, we're actually doing something useful with our time, and we're going to talk to people from previously interesting teams from all the Amazing Races that we have personally covered, so it excludes Amazing Race Australia for now, but you never know, there might be a surprise towards the end of the season. But Amazing Race US, Amazing Race Canada, and Amazing Race Asia, all three are going to get covered with some very interesting people, friends of the podcast. It probably won't surprise you if we ever release the list of names, but we won't because it's going to be a nice surprise for everyone. So some of the actually interesting teams that have crossed our paths in the past five years. From next week, our Amazing Race Canada Sucks So Much We've Cancelled It series of interviews begins. So if you've got any requests on who you want us to talk to, please be my guest. Hit us up with those people. We want to talk to as many interesting people as we can. If we get more than 11, I mean, we've got potentially 10 lined up as it is, I think. If we get more than 11, we'll probably just keep doing them over the summer, let's be honest, once Amazing Race Canada finishes. And that's all I've got to say.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for this.
0: I'm really excited because it's people who we've been saying for years that we need to talk to. And finally, it's actually looking like it's going to actually happen. So this episode, as you will know from the fact that you've listened to the past nearly two hours now, released at 8 p.m., Eastern on a Tuesday. Not that I'm being slightly petty with when I'm going to release them, but they're going to be released at the same time every week. Ooh, I see what
1: what you're doing there.
0: So, pretty much we're positioning ourselves now as the alternative to Amazing Race Canada. You could watch Amazing Race Canada, or you could listen to people talk about interesting seasons. Your choice.
1: That is savage, Michael.
0: I'd like to say I'm not petty and bitter and angry about where Amazing Race Canada's gone, I would say that. <laughs> I'm 100% petty and bitter and angry about Amazing Race Canada. So, yeah. Every Tuesday from next week onwards, basically.
1: Yeah. And something something new. Something that was long overdue. Because it was partially my fault.
0: Yeah, it's entirely your fault. There's no partially in it. It's yours. It's completely your fault. I made you host last season because I didn't want to. And, you know, you're redeeming yourself by finding a lot of these interesting people. So, yeah. If any listeners have got anyone they want us to talk to, please let me know. We're we're still on the socials. We'll probably be hate tweeting this season, so you'll be able to find us. If you've got any questions for anyone you suspect we might be talking to, I'm not going to officially release the names or tease them particularly, but if you've got any questions you want us to ask to any interesting people who you suspect and are probably right about who we're going to be talking to, please send them in. But yeah, we're just going to be talking to interesting people for the summer. The Summer of Interesting People... Yeah! Woo! Yeah! <laughs> I prefer to call it the Amazing Race Canada sucks so much we- we've cancelled it, all <laughs> So, thank you for listening to this final ever Amazing Race Canada podcast. Our interviews do begin next week. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, on our Instagram page, RTV Warriors, on our own Twitter pages, MJ Hamstone for me, and Log Super for Logan. See you soon. Peace out and just chill till the next interview. Yeah, till the next episode, who it's going to be with, you'll find out. That's the secret sauce right there.